This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. AI is making waves in every field it touches. President Biden is now on TikTok and the election draws closer each day. With so much going on in the world, it is hard to keep up with it all, let me tell you. Hi, I'm Kai Rizdal, the co-host of Make Me Smart. It's a podcast from Marketplace. And every weekday, Kimberly Adams and I break down the latest in business and the economy with short daily episodes to make it easy for you to stay in the know. Listen to Make Me Smart wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Women Who Travel, a podcast from Condé Nast Traveler that digs deep into the realities of traveling as a woman today and celebrates why we'll never stay home. I'm Lale Arikoglu, and with me, as always, is Meredith Carey. Hello. And today we're joined by two, well, one current traveler editor, <laughs> one now former traveler editor, Andrea Whittle and Lauren DiCarlo, who are here to tell us all about cruises. And I also want to, like, preface this with the fact that none of us really know that much about cruises. I mean, it's like this weird scenario where... I feel like this is like the opposite of last week. Like I was on a fact-finding mission last week to figure out how I can move abroad. You're on a fact-finding mission this week to decide whether or not you ever want to go on a cruise. I mean, I've already made my decision. <laughs> um, which is a hard pass, right? <laughs> I, I have a lot of concerns, but we can go into it. And then my only cruising experience was my entire semester of college that I spent on a cruise ship doing mm. semester at sea and visiting 18 countries and... But that also wasn't like your regular cruise experience. No, and that's exactly like it was like 200 college students spending 13 days crossing the Atlantic Ocean. It was not like a normal that is very cruise ship by any cruise. Right. You were on the ultimate booze cruise. Yeah, except you weren't really allowed to drink alcohol. So it was like a real bummer. Right. Um, <laughs> in theory, great idea. More concerned, I think, about the 19 year olds falling off the ship. But um, can I just say, I wouldn't say we don't know anything about cruises. That is true. What I would say is more accurate is what you think you know about cruises is not what you know actually about yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And you don't know until you actually go. And then you have a completely different, I think, mm -hmm. perception of what a cruise actually is. Um, did you guys just Go on your first cruises? Yes. Yeah, I went in April. I also went in April. Yeah. And what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> well, I guess I guess we should start off by saying the kind of cruise we actually took. Mm -hmm. So I was on uh, a smaller ship, 100 people, celebrity expedition to the Galapagos Islands. And so I think for me, it was less about the cruise. The cruise was sort of like the way I had to get there. You know, you can't just like drop in. You have to take a cruise. So it was sort of like a means to an end. It was like, I'm going to the Galapagos, not I'm going on a cruise. Mm -hmm. But I think Andrea's experience was more, I'm going on a cruise. Well, it was also to Japan. To Japan. I picked the wildest possible itinerary that felt like the most interesting, that felt like it was going to take me in sort of the same way to places that I wasn't really going to be able to get to otherwise. Mm. 
Which is part of the amazing thing about cruises, yeah. lolly, that you can get places. <laughs> I'm We're gonna change your mind. You next can 30 minutes. get places that you don't, you couldn't get to otherwise. You know, like when and how else would I have gotten to the Galapagos? But mm-hmm. I, I think that's a really special situation. And the other special part of it, which makes it, I think, better, is there was only a hundred people. Well, 99 others on board. Because I think a lot of people have a fear of being stuck at sea with 10,000. Like on the quantum yeah. of the sea. Which, yes, which like, is exactly. genuinely the one reason why I like don't. Which is what mine was like. Yeah. It was like, I think it was 1,400 people. What was that like? It's difficult <laughs> to comprehend the scale of what that ship looks like. Like you walk onto the dock. We, we boarded in Yokohama, which is like the port of Tokyo. And you just see the ship from miles away like, it's like <laughs> glowing and it's, it's so big it's so white the scale of like the lettering like the p of princess cruises is my height like it's just and you walk in and you, once you like enter the bowels of this ship like it takes you a second to understand how this thing can like move through space it's like city blocks yes on it's a ocean. skyscraper on its yeah. side like and i remember like when i was in venice a couple of years ago you'd see cruise ships coming in and they would be taller than any of the buildings like you would think you saw like you're like what is that weird modern apartment building and then it would move (laughs) (laughs) and like it's just crazy it's like you know you pick a building in new york and you put it in the water and that's a cruise ship you see i find that whole idea quite frightening it was a bit frightening and it takes some getting used to but in the end you don't really ever see everybody in one place like at Mm. any given time like there's multiple dining rooms there's multiple like areas to hang out like there's multiple people leaving the ship at multiple times so you're never you know faced with the sheer human mass of it (laughs) you are a little bit when you're like disembarking for like a day off or when you're getting on the ship actually but that's sort of a minor part of it's a blip and so Mm. you went with your sister right i did i went with my sister on a on the diamond princess on a seven night cruise around japan so we started and ended in tokyo we had one stop in South Korea and then three other stops around the coast of Japan. And it ranged from like kind of small towns to relatively big cities. We got to go and see like temples in the middle of the forest. We had days where we just walked around on our own and we like didn't even see anybody else from the ship. So that part was very cool. And it was also places in Japan that I would never have known to go that ended up being like very, very special and absolutely gorgeous. and. It was fascinating. I mean, the cruise part, like the time we spent on the ship, especially at sea days, was like strange because you can't leave. Like you're just trapped. And that was a little weird. But in the end, like we cracked up laugh crying every single day about Hmm. something that we saw, about something we said. Like by the end, we were a little delirious. (laughs) (laughs) Like we had so much fun. It was so crazy and so weird and so like foreign in every way. Yeah, you just have to like lean in. Yeah, you and have to lean into it. Embrace it. Exactly. And, and recognize this is weird and crazy and a completely different way of traveling. But it's pretty awesome when you just kind of like let it go and yeah. let it be the thing that it is. When I think if like if you are a super planner and you like to do everything on your own, mm-hmm. like this can be. It would be suffocating. Really stressful experience because yeah. so much of it is like you are putting yourself in the hands of the cruise company or um, whatever you decide to go with or the tour operators to have them help plan the trip, which I think yeah. like if you're going to all these places and you'd be planning it all on your own, like that can be really overwhelming. And this is a kind of perfect yeah, way to, totally. to do it's it. Yeah, totally. It's like 
cruise control. <laughs> oh. Hey. I don't but know. <laughs> I do think that that is kind of like the best part about it because you just yeah. like let go and let them deal with everything. And it's like, oh, I need to eat now. I will show up at this place. I need to get off right now and go see this thing that is going to be incredible. There I go. I think, Andrea, the difference like another difference is you kind of you didn't see the same people all the time because there are just so many of you and the ship is so huge we had people we ate with most nights right that's another thing that's like Ooh, a that's whole other weird. <laughs> it's all about the communal it's all about the communal dining although there are options so you can like go do a like a flex dining mm-hmm. that would like your ticket includes your communal dining every right. night and then if you wanted to eat at like the Italian restaurant mm-hmm. or the sushi restaurant that's like an extra amount. So we had a dinner table. It was my sister and I, uh, an older Scottish couple who lives in Johannesburg named Hugh and Fiona. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what was that? Hugh and Fiona. That she was like not half bad. <laughs> <laughs> we listened to them speak a lot. And then this really this American couple from Seattle whose names I'm now forgetting. But we, the first night we sat down, and my sister and I were both in our 20s, both working professionals. <laughs> and they look at us and they go, are you girls on spring break? <laughs> we were just like, no. no. Can you imagine if you were on spring break and you decided to go on a week-long cruise to Japan? It's just like, oh, no. Um, that being said, the age, everyone is older on these ships. Like, we were young. We were the youngest people by who were not with their families by maybe 20 years. I am 39 and I was the youngest (laughs) by at least, well, there were some 49s, Yeah, but it was a definite 70s vibe. Definitely 70s crowd, Yeah, but I was into it. And I think think for mine, because there were only a hundred of us, it definitely had that summer camp vibe where Everything you did, you did together. And every time we went to a different island, we had to get into the Zodiac and go onto our islands. And so you had to organize in groups of 16 uh, twice a day for these excursions. And it was really great because you kind of developed a little crew, you know, and so I'd spot my people and they'd save a spot for me. And, you know, Mm -hmm. traveling alone, I think at first a lot of people, a lot of people were very interested in me, a 39-year-old woman alone in a sea of 70-year-olds, <laughs> you know, what are you doing here? What what went wrong? Why are you, you know, why are you here? And, are you on spring break? Yeah. <laughs> did anyone, like, and, assume, like, well, that you were on they, some kind of self-discovery? Yeah. I think what a lot of people... I think a lot of people felt like they needed to take me in Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, oh, she can't eat by herself or she can't be sitting at the bar by herself. And, you know, as as someone who has a two year old at home, I really love traveling by myself (laughs) because I can sit at the bar and have a drink and go to sleep when I want. And so it was really uh, it was like, you know, I'm good. I got this. I'm cool. But I really loved that they felt like they needed to take me in. And, Mm -hmm. And for the excursions, I always had people like, Lauren, come, we like, come with us. And at dinners, people would be like, Lauren, come on over, sit with us. And it really made me feel like I was part of that group, even though I was by myself. And so that was really nice. I really loved that 
part of it, like the communal dining and all of that stuff. I kind of, I was into it because you get to, you know, it's like people love to tell stories and, and it's like, you just sit there and listen to these people go on about their lives. And because they're in their seventies, sixties, seventies, eighties, they've all lived such like extraordinary lives and they've traveled a ton. And they're on a cruise in the Galapagos. Mm -hmm. So this isn't their first rodeo. Adventurous people. (laughs) Yeah. They're so adventurous and they have stories and they've been to dozens and dozens of countries. And I'm telling you, they had so much more Intel than many people that I've encountered traveling in a more traditional way. Mm -hmm. So that was really nice. Um, And I've kept in touch with a lot of them. So I was wondering, you know, we were talking at the beginning about how, a cruise to us is such like a weird and wonderful and strange way of traveling. Did you find that the people that you met on the cruise had done so many that they kind of didn't find it crazy anymore? Oh, for the, it's like a way of life. Yeah. Like they are cruising for life. A lot of people who I met, I don't know, Andre, if it was the same on yours, they actually book another cruise while they're on that cruise. Oh, yeah. Hugely, you know, and and then a lot of people had with the all, same cruise company with the same cruise company. You get, you get a discount or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and so you're like on the cruise and you go to some sort of there's like yeah. a desk area okay. where they have like there's literally called future cruises. Yeah. And you go to that desk and you book your. Cruise. And but I would also is, say that just as a heads up to people who are interested in this, like repositioning cruises, which are kind of this odd thing in the cruise world where you don't necessarily make a ton of stops, but the cruise is being moved to places that you wouldn't normally go. So like going Portugal to Cape Town or like going across the Atlantic. If you book those, which are kind of like for the master cruiser, Mm -hmm. you usually can get access to them if you like are a regular cruiser that you wouldn't get access to if you like didn't know to book them right? because you weren't like on the preview list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so there are cruises that are so sort of exclusive that you can only get on it if you're already on a cruise. Because you like wouldn't know about it or like wouldn't have the advance notice to be able to book tickets hmm. because there's some that go so quickly just word of warning so if you want to get on a cruise and you have to then book get so on early. a cruise <laughs> yeah so many of the people who i was traveling with had their cruises booked through like 2020 you know so far out and and i think that these people travel so much so often that they book their travel years mm-hmm. out and that was sort of inspiring a bit to just you know, to talk to them and say, like, we're going to go here, then we're going to go here next and here next. And we've got this cruise booked. And, you know, my friends don't have their travel plans yeah. booked in that way. <laughs> I book things like three days before. Yeah. So it was sort of it was nice. I don't know. There, was there anyone that lived on the ship that you were on? Not on the one I was on because it was an expedition. Mm. Um, so it's just it was route. small. Yeah. But I heard tales of that. While I was on my cruise. Did you see that New York Times video? We all watched oh, that yeah, New York yeah, Times yeah. video. I sent it to you. You sent it to me. <laughs> yeah, it was fascinating. But there, that's a thing. And it was a thing on Princess. I don't know if there was anyone on the Diamond Princess. But they were like, there's people that do it like for four to five months at a yeah. time. And there's people that have lived on ships for like five, 10, 20 years. And, and people who do that like really need to love the at sea days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because I, when I was doing semester at sea like those were the days we took class so it wasn't like we didn't have things to do like the days when we were at sea were the days that we were at school Mm -hmm. um but like again like class lasts for five hours and then you're like and i've got 19 more yeah (laughs) Yeah. so how do you feel that how do you feel those days 
We ran laps around the promenade deck. <laughs> for, for 12 hours? No, not okay. <laughs> like you're in prison. <laughs> but Andrea, there is something to the like slow, right? Like reading a book. Yeah, we like, like we'd take like a leisurely workout in the morning, like have breakfast, go get coffee, you know, sit on our deck, get our books, get some magazines, like sit out go in the hot tub. I mean, that's a vacation. Like, it's a yeah, vacation. That's what you, it's like what that you would I, do at a resort. Yeah, no, it's exactly what you yeah. do at a resort. But it's that nice like compromise where you're go, go, go those other days, mm-hmm. but you are forced to relax yeah. what, in a way that like us as like quote unquote like professional travelers would not like force ourselves to take the time to like just sit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what I like about that as well is you don't have the sense of guilt of like mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. I should be off visiting this thing or walking around this right. neighborhood. That is totally You it. don't have that yeah. option. It's like shuffleboard or karaoke. Pick your or like <laughs> a margarita. Yeah. <laughs> or a pool. Like you got options. A trashy magazine and a or, drink. Um, our ship, because we were in Japan, it had certain like Japanese elements Ooh, to yeah, it. Yeah, I really want to, because I was in Japan around the same time that you were for the first time. And now I'm like even more fascinated with Japan than I was before. Oh, yeah. We had an onsen on board. So there was like a okay, whole Japanese right. bath. What was the cruise onsen scene like? <laughs> I did not go because I find the whole onsen thing to be a little intimidating. Just like because we... It was very stressful. It's stressful because you have to be fully naked. There's all these like things that you have to do. Like you pour the bucket and you don't sit on the stool, but you use the... St- I don't know. And you got to make sure you go under the right flag. You might end up in the men's exactly. onsen. So which I did. I was, <laughs> <laughs> we did an onsen in Tokyo because our hotel had one. But then... I just like couldn't deal. It was like too much for me. So the cruise had an onsen. They had like a lot of Japanese options. So there was like miso soup at breakfast and rice and seaweed and all these sorts of things. At the ice cream bar, there was matcha soft serve. Mm. Very nice. <laughs> we indulged in that a lot. <laughs> it was very fancy. Did you feel like you got to experience Japan? Yes. I think it more than I probably would have if I had just done like Tokyo and Kyoto. How so? That's so interesting. Because we saw, so this one town that was like my favorite place that we went called Matsue, which it's like, if you've ever seen like a Miyazaki movie, it's like that. It's like, it's like picturesque, beautiful, like small city Japan with this incredible castle in the middle of it on an island surrounded by a moat. And there's little (laughs) boats in the moat and canals that go through the city and beautiful little antique shops and little tea houses and this we went and for this we went to this noodle shop that we literally found in a copy of I don't know if it's Fodders or Fodors Fodders I thought it was like Fodors Fodors <laughs> like Fodors that was in the ship's library and we just like found it in there we walk in there is not one other western person in there we we're the only people in there nobody spoke English we didn't understand like we ordered blindly and had the most delicious like beautiful relaxing lunch in this courtyard like little sort of greenhouse type of thing and it was I don't know I just you don't find that in Tokyo like Tokyo is amazing but everyone kind of speaks English and a lot of the places that you go it if you don't have a sort of expert guide or a local showing you around but we were just like thrown in to these places and had to like run around and discover it and make a ton of mistakes and laugh at ourselves and walk down these streets and and we saw a part of it that I don't think that I would have even known to plan which was really cool and what were your off-ship excursions like what did they entail um well it's the Galapagos so you're there to see wildlife birds 
turtles, <laughs> reptiles, tortoises, <laughs> you know. So we would leave the ship twice a day and go to a different island in the morning and then in the afternoon we would take walks around and just look at stuff and it was I mean it's incredible you feel like you're on another planet it's unlike any other place I've ever been I've ever dreamed of being you know because there's no humans there and so the animals just come right up to you they have no fear that's so wild yeah it's 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 magical it's incredible and I want to go back and take another cruise there <laughs> because you're hooked I'm hooked well you know because you kind of have to take a cruise but it's one of those places where I thought everyone who was there this was like a once in a lifetime and there were a few people on my cruise who had been there already which I was kind of surprised by but it, it's you spend such little time on the ship and I think that's the difference you know it's very small there's one restaurant there's one bar and you don't spend much time there. You're there to like take naps, go to sleep and eat food. And and that's not really that much time. So you're really out doing so much during the day. So it's not this like totally tricked out boat. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, it's luxury still, but it's not like Andrea's, I'm sure. Um, so many activities. You know, you're <laughs> not like getting dressed for dinner, which is yeah. another thing that's, that's like another weird total cruise, cruise culture is the like, did, was yours nights. black we had tie? two formal nights, not black tie, but a lot of people did like wear it was a mix it was like men in tuxes men in suits women in cocktail dresses women in kimonos wow, yeah ours was like, not we were like yeah. shorts i found and i found that part very weird to, yeah it's just like did you dress up well yeah you have to right you kind of yeah. have to you kind of have it's like weird if you don't so we you know we put on like cocktail dresses and heels and the first did you fall over night. in the hallway. <laughs> the first <laughs> formal night was Holy like <laughs> the most violent night we had at sea. Like yeah. we were rocking. The, you know, drinks were like sloshing on the Oof. tables. It was, it was a little rough, but also kind of funny. Yeah, the whole thing is kind of funny. It's like you're on a boat rocking, like this. <laughs> yeah, like wearing a fancy dress and drinking and like listening to a jazz band. Yeah, like, <laughs> with uh, what are your pals' names? Oh, few oh, and Fiona. <laughs> so, but I think that's that sort of like feeds into the whole allure of a cruise. You mm -hmm. you just have to like you're kind of laughing the whole time and thinking like everything here is a story. You know yeah. everything that you're experiencing. You're gonna go home and tell your friends and be like you would not believe this crew <laughs> but and it's like fun. the shenanigans that go on yeah. and you know even because ours was so small people would start talking a little smack about people <laughs> like, <laughs> by the end of it like swarming. oh so and so she's such a pain in the ass you know and <laughs> and it was it's you feel i left there feeling like how i did after my study abroad program like you experience so much so fast and furious mm -hmm. that you feel this bond but, right like with only, with only like you don't like they you don't get to know. choose your friends yeah like, it's exactly just those people. <laughs> exactly and it's like no one knows except for mm -hmm. Luverne and Gary what <laughs> went down in the Galapagos, you know? And it's sort of nice to have that with yeah. some people scattered all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that Lale, I would say, like, don't give up on it because I think you have to go into it with this spirit of like, this is going to be weird and like sometimes uncomfortable and it's going to be unlike any other trip you've taken, but I think it's worth it. And I think that you will see places that you wouldn't be able to see otherwise. And you're going to see them in a different way. Mm -hmm. I remember Andrea, do you remember that piece we ran in, in the magazine 
Paul Brady wrote it about approaching, was it Budapest? Yes, by the, the cities that are designed yeah. to be approached by water. And I, I think about this a lot because it's like, you think about like ye olden times when like, you know, you'd roll up to a city in a ship and that is how these cities were designed and how they were meant to be seen. And he described it in such a way like seeing the sun rise, you know, pulling into the city. And it's like, you don't get that when you fly into some airport you know, an hour outside of the city. No, you it's end up just driving not, through a part that yeah, you like yeah. would never want to see. It's just not the same. The industrial and there, there's really something. <laughs> the drive from JFK. Yeah, it doesn't hit you in quite the same way. <laughs> it's the way. same everywhere in the world. <laughs> but you know, just like think of that, like driving in from JFK versus pulling into Manhattan. It's like it hits you in this way that's sort of unforgettable. And like all that other weird stuff aside, it's still pretty magical. But all that other weird stuff. Do any of you guys read the Michael Ian Black essay in the New York Times travel section about Yes. Cruising? Oh my gosh, about going on a Disney is no, are we no, talking no. about the same thing? Okay. No, this is two different like... things. Because this was a rebuttal because the editor of the travel section wrote an essay about going on a Disney cruise and it was I think quite critical. Michael Ian Black on Twitter responds to Pamela Paul, who is the book's editor, posting that link and goes, like, if you like pay me to write like I will defend like why I think cruises are like legitimately amazing, and he's Mike. He's a comedian, Michael mm-hmm. Black, and he wrote this like very heartfelt essay about why he like legitimately absolutely loves cruises. And he goes with his family, and he goes all the time. And he like started because he first had a gig on one, and now it's like this kind of big part of his life. And the part of the essay that like rang so true for me was that he talks about how. And he's talking about another famous cruising essay, which is um, David Foster Wallace, which is just like eviscerating everything about cruises. It's very funny. It, I mean, it is. But it's, it's like, amazing. It's <laughs> so it's incredible. And that was for me my first cruise like knowledge. And same here. But so Michael Ian Black kind of in a response to that essay, which is hilarious, perfectly well written, incredibly long, that like all of that uncool stuff that Foster Wallace is criticizing is actually like the best part singing karaoke with a bunch of 80 year olds or going to like ABBA power hour mm-hmm. it's such, it's such watching, a relief like, to not be cool it's such a really exact that's exactly what he wrote he was like it is such a relief and it's so much fun to go into this and not be like is this cool like yeah, am I like, looking cool that's the like, point of a vacation that's the whole right? point and that's why we like laughed so much is because like we went out there and sang karaoke in front of a bunch of 80 year olds like what's mm-hmm. not funny about that and I bet like 10 years from now you're still going to be talking about this trip Absolutely. with your sister yeah. 100% I think that's the kind of the fun part is that you're, you're not like, oh, which like hot restaurant that's been on Instagram should we go to? It's like, we're going to eat. It's going to be good. We're going to have like some pasta and a glass of wine. And then like we're going to go dance. Did you're you also not going to have to worry about paying for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I was interested actually from this sounds like incredibly pathetic, but like from like just having no Wi-Fi. Do you have Wi-Fi? Can you use your phone when you're at sea? We or? had Wi-Fi. It was not very good and you had to pay for it by the minute. And things load incredibly slowly. Yeah, notoriously. it's like satellite Wi-Fi. Yeah, we didn't have much Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. It, and I, it exists not in somewhere strong yeah, somewhere quantities. Out there. Yeah. yeah, but I think again, like just kind of like the sea days, it's like a forced disconnection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and even if you do pay a hundred dollars for like an hour and a half of Wi-Fi, like yeah. you realize it's not. Like, it's not worth it. Nothing Mm-mm. is burning down. Like I mean, I had, like, stories to file, so I did kind of have to <laughs> use it. But okay, but work, though. Well, yeah, work, though. Yeah. But I didn't, like, I wasn't, like, scrolling on Twitter on the, my yeah. lounge chair. Right. You know. And, and it's so nice to see people not with their phone in their hand. Yeah. Like it's when not we a compulsive were, thing. When we were out, you know, people were using it 
to take pictures and stuff, but mm-hmm. then they'd just put it back in their pocket because mm-hmm. there's no use. Yeah. It's an alarm clock on a camera. And people had cameras. Oh. Yeah, it was amazing. But they had like pr- oh, very professional the, ones. Yes, they did. The birders. Yeah. 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 The birders went hard <laughs> on the, the There lenses. was a Leica shop on my cruise ship. For wow. cameras? Yeah. Oh, cool. You could buy a Leica camera. You could also buy diamonds. You could buy coach bags, perfumes. <laughs> it's like the best of duty free. Yeah, it was always around you. It was you. a duty free like area. It was kind of oh that gosh. part was sort of odd to me. I was like a shopping mall. There was like a diamond store, and they would have like diamond events <gasps> in the oh, store. And I was fancy. Like, this is weird. Oh, <laughs> I didn't like that. On the opposite end of the spectrum from diamonds, like the exact opposite, seasickness. Mm. How did you guys? approach that at all did you was it ever an issue it wasn't for me because once we got to where we were we Mm -hmm. didn't really move all that much we Mm -hmm. were just pretty stationary and it wasn't so bad there were some nights where I woke up in the middle of the night and it is a weird feeling you know when you realize you're rocking and I had a horrible nightmare for two nights maybe where I felt like I was sinking into the center of the earth (laughs) (laughs) because you just feel like there's nothing below you when you're floating that much and and ours was a smaller ship so you felt it it a a little bit more and I wasn't really used to that but um but that's funny I think it's sick yeah it was just a feeling it was a feeling that you know you're not on solid ground my sister got ship induced vertigo okay (laughs) yeah I was completely fine. She, when we were in Akita, it's really weird. We were in this like kind of strange modern art museum, and she was looking at this like really strange painting. <laughs> and she just like suddenly started to feel very, very dizzy, and like couldn't really like keep her balance. And it, she was like a little bit messed up that day. And then when she got back to New York, she was like, "I still feel like I'm on a boat. Like I still feel like the ground is rocking mm. underneath me." It went away. Neither of us were Who like, diagnosed her. <laughs> Just curious. City MD. <laughs> City MD. Okay. No, because I found that like the one, the best sleep that I've ever had Is has been true. on a ship. Mm. It's like natural melatonin. I mean, melatonin's yeah, yeah. natural, but like, it's like, I fall asleep so quickly on a ship. Yeah. Because you're just like, oh, this is so nice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And my seasickness remedy, which I will like defend till the day I die, is those acupressure C mm. bands. Mm-hmm. They work miracles. Yeah, I brought one with me, but I didn't need to bust it out. There you go. Mm-hmm. So one question that I have that's like also related to a comment that Belinda in our Facebook group posted when we asked for um, people's experience with cruises is that she didn't, she doesn't like going because she feels like you get so rushed through stops, and she would rather like be on her own and take the time to do it. Like, what would be your response to basically only being in a place for a certain number of hours? Mm -hmm. Honestly, I found it both ways. There were days when it felt a little bit limiting, and I wished that we could have been, like, there for the night and, like, gotten a nice dinner and hung out and, like, seen more of the place. But there were also days where we did the tour bus thing. Like, we went on, like, a cruise-led tour to this temple And it was like an hour bus ride from the port, like in the middle of nowhere. We did this guided tour, we had lunch and we went back. And honestly, I felt like that was worth it. And it was worth just having like the sort of built-in logistics, especially in a country like Japan, where we wouldn't have even known how to begin getting our way to that temple. So it depends on where you are. I mean, I think if you're starting and stopping in a major city, a lot of people were like padding out their trip at the beginning and the end or you know, either or. 
so they would like see Tokyo for a week and maybe do Kyoto and then like do this cruise as well. I don't know. I found it occasionally useful and there were some days where I'd like, I wish I could walk around this place for two more days, but I wouldn't have known. So can, I can always know, go back. I met some people on my cruise who said that that's exactly why they take cruises because you you can like sample you know like mm -hmm. you dip into a place for a little while and if you like it you go back and do it in the way that you want to do it and if you don't like it you're gone you know in a couple of hours mm -hmm. and so I think I mean that's one way of thinking about using it as like a little sampler mm -hmm. yeah is there anything that you feel like is the one mistake you made that you want people to not make if they listen to this podcast? I wish that I had done a little bit more research about each different port before we went. I, we did half guided tours and half on our own. And I was happy with like both of those options in different ways. But I, I wish that if I had really like gone drilled in and researched on my own, I would have been able to make a more informed decision as to like, whether I could navigate this place on my own or whether this place was worth a tour or worth just doing the bus or doing the shuttle. Like there's so many different options. Mm -hmm. And I was so like unfamiliar with what the whole cruise thing was and how much time we were gonna have and where we were gonna be. And so I think that just knowing like when to use those like cruise tour things and when like you don't really need them. Bug spray. Wish I had bug, <laughs> better bug spray. They didn't sell it on the boat. <laughs> Maybe they did. I was so tired every time. <laughs> uh, that sun is so hot. Um, bug spray. That was it. I think um, everything for mine, like the expedition, it was so carefully laid out for us that it didn't. You really just needed to show up and like mm -hmm. look and be taken back by all of it. You know, just take it all in, and it was that's kind of it they just like lay it all out for you could you have stayed on the ship longer or were you ready to go home by the end i was ready to go only because i wanted to tell everybody about it <laughs> honestly because it's just it was so it's it's so it's it was like so heavy you know all of, like seeing all of that and experiencing it and even though i had people on the ship who I was talking to every day I missed having someone with me to experience it with and to be like oh my god look at this thing you know and 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 like say it in a way that was like truly me and not just like my my your people self. person yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> polite you know to be like oh my god look at this thing you know because you you want to experience something like that with somebody mm -hmm. I think because it's almost like, was that thing real? Like, did I see that? Like, I have no witness here. But I was ready to go and see some people. Mm -hmm. I was ready to go, but I think that not really that many degrees more than I would be at the end of any trip, especially in a place like Japan where the culture shock is that intense. Like, everything is so different. Everything is so incredible. Like, you're eating all these amazing things. You're seeing all this cool stuff. Like, everything is sort of like a, such a trip for your senses. But after a while, like that gets kind of exhausting. You're like, I want to go home and I want to eat a PB&J and I want to sleep <laughs> in my own bed. Yeah, but it's not, it, it wasn't like a cruise feeling, right? It was just it was like just a, a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. was yeah, just more, right. yeah, it was part of it. It was like, part of it was, I think the cruise was almost as much of a culture shock as mm -hmm. Japan was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it was that dual thing. And also, like, my sister and I were sharing a room, like, as much as I love her. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have your own bedroom. Yeah, yeah. totally. Um, Left that detail out at the beginning. <laughs> yes, we did share <laughs> shared a very small room, uh, which was comfy. But, like, I don't think it was, like, you know, we weren't, like, I must get back. But, you know, we got oh, off the I ship, spent a couple hours in Tokyo, and then off we went. Very quickly on a side. When you book a cruise, do you pay by person or by room? I believe by person. I think it's by person. So you pay per person, but it's going to be a different price. For the second person, maybe. Yeah. So like uh, rooms are mostly priced for double occupancy. Okay. You can get rooms alone. There are usually fewer of them because they have rooms for one person. And if you pick a room that's like meant for two people, usually you would have to pay the price for, for two people. Two people. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can I say that I would suggest always getting a room with a window? Oh, Always, yes, non-negotiable. Like, just put. I just want to put that out there because mm -hmm. I don't know if people know that some don't come. I didn't. That's <laughs> yeah. terrifying. A lot yeah, don't. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so oh, I think, I God. think a window is a m absolute must-have. Mm -hmm. a, a balcony, yeah. <laughs> if you can do it, is another. Just, just, to, just look into it. To have your own space where that you yeah. can like open the door and have fresh air and sit and have like a yeah. moment to yourself. I think it's key. Yeah. Like if we didn't have a little, we had a tiny little like mm -hmm. shelf of a balcony, but it was perfect. Because you could open the door and it felt like yeah, and we yeah. could go sit out there with a coffee and like yeah, just sit mm -hmm. and not you know. Here's the thing that I I felt I felt like the ceilings were you know they feel a little lower right and you feel a little more. And you cramped. can like touch everything in yeah. the bathroom. Like, exactly. Spin around. So yeah. a window <laughs> must have must have is a window. So everyone can read about Andrea and Lauren's wonderful cruises and then all these other cruises that our staffers went on in the most recent issue of the magazine, which is the July-August cruise issue. There's a lady in a bathing suit on the front. She looks great. I would say, can I just say that um, I met two members of the Women Who Travel Facebook group on my cruise. Shout out Amy and Joy. <laughs> um, if you haven't joined our Facebook group already, you should. Um, we ask lots of questions. People provide lots of answers. And if you're interested in cruising, there are plenty of women in the group who have a lot of experience doing so and would love to share it. If you have been on a cruise that you really loved, please let Lale and I know so that you can convince Lale and remind me to go on a cruise. You can find me online at Oh Hey There Mayor. Lauren? I'm on Instagram at LDiCarlo. I'm on Instagram and Twitter as a whittle bit. I'm on Instagram at Lale Hannah. You guys should check out the issue, read all the stories online, join the Facebook group. We'll see you next week. And if you are watching this video, either I'm dead or I'm in a very, very, very bad situation. She said, oh my God, I can hear gunshots. I can hear men outside. Where are they? What have they done to them? Are they dead? Are they not dead? There is one suspect, her father, the Sheikh. It's Madeline Barron from In the Dark. We've teamed up with our new colleague, Heidi Blake, at The New Yorker to try to answer a question about one of the richest men in the world, the ruler of Dubai. Why do the women in Sheikh Mohammed's family keep trying to run away? There is five policemen outside and two policewomen inside the house. So basically I'm a hostage. And he reminded me that Sheikh Mohammed can get me anywhere. Because you're a rich and powerful person, you can effectively break any law you want in our country and get away with it. The Runaway Princesses is available now. 
Follow In the Dark wherever you get your podcasts.